0: Amen. Well, good morning, Living Stones. It is great to be with you guys, worshiping with you this morning. I don't know about you, I am I'm cold this morning. I just woke up, I was just frigid. So I I was talking to a couple here. I won't I won't call them out, but they were down in Florida a couple weeks ago, going to Hawaii in another couple weeks. I man, I am I'm trying hard not to be envious and jealous, but that but that's all right. Uh, We. I'm grateful to be with you all this morning, and excited to share with you what really what God has put on uh, on my heart to to share with our church family this morning. Um, we are in the middle of a series that we've been calling "Back to the Future," and and in this series, you know, we've really just kind of been taking a look backwards uh, a little bit of just how did we arrive here? How have we gotten to where we are right now as as a church, as uh, as, as the church, uh, as God's church, um, and and, and what I want to do is just kind of review a little bit where we've been so that we can set up where we're, where we're going. And, and like I said, you know, as, as we've been taking a look backwards, how did we arrive here where we are? And this is kind of a, a, a fundamental part of navigation. You, most of you guys know that I, I, love to, I love to hike. I love going backpacking. And so being able, especially if you are in the wilderness, if you're hiking uh, off trail, like, in order to figure out where you're going to go, you have to know where you are. You have, how did you get to, to where you are in, in that moment? And, and so in the series, we've been talking about how God's story of redemption for all of humankind began all the way back in the, the Garden of Eden, starting, starting from the, the very beginning in the Old Testament in the Hebrew Scriptures. We, we talked about how God had a very special relationship with the Israelite people and, and how that no matter what... You know, forces of evil came against God's people, came against God's story, ultimately that they were not successful at, at all. The the Babylonians, the different people that lived in the land of Canaan that, that were uh, the Israelites were constantly under attack from, uh, the Assyrians, the Persians, they, all, all of these different groups have come and gone. And yet God's people, God's story has continued. It, it has continued to move forward. It still marches forward today. And, and then we talked about the New Testament. We, we talked about uh, the, the story of Jesus and the story of, of the early church from uh, King Herod's infanticide that, that he inflicted upon the, the Jewish people at the time, from those that were trying to disrupt Jesus' ministry, always trying to, to catch him in some kind of verbal trap that was going to get him in, into trouble, uh, you know, his, his arrest, his trial, his execution, and then his burial, and, and, and nothing not not even death could stop God's story from moving forward. God Jesus emerged from the tomb victorious and, and and his story continued to to grow, continued to to expand and 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 just like the the start of the early church after Jesus ascended and and the church began. Like th- this had never this had never been done before. Like you know, G- Jesus began something Brand new. And I don't know if you've read through the book of Acts, if you read through the the epistles in the New Testament, like the early church at times could be quite dysfunctional. Like there there were lots of times that false teachers, charlatans, fighting, dissension within the early church was there. And and yet, even in spite of all these things, God's story still advanced. You know, the, the early leaders. In, in the church, they, they faced persecution, they faced threats of, of violence, stonings, death. I mean, they, they were just one slip-up away from having their lives taken away and, and still the good news of Jesus spread. And, and then we talked about the post-apostolic world, you know, of, of, of how the church grew in, in, in influence and, and, and the many ups and downs that the church faced during this time, from, from abuses that were perpetuated by the church times it lost its way, times it pursued power, to the, to, the, to the beauty of the reformers that came and were calling God's people back to what the original mission of the church was supposed to be about. I mean, the, the history of the church is filled with how God continued to work in spite of humankind continuing to get in the way. And thank God for that. Thank God that, 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 thank God that, that he, uh, he can work independently of each one, of us and, and what we're doing. And, and then last week I shared our story, the, the story uh, of Livingstone's Church. You know, how, how we transformed from Don Moyer Church of Christ, Don Moyer Avenue Church of Christ, into Livingstone's Church. And, and, and then shared some of the ways that God has shown up and God has been present even in this past year in, in 2021. That I put together a, a, a slideshow and just kind of shared some of the different ways, some of the different avenues that God has worked in and through. Our church over this past year, and if if you weren't here for it, it, that that video is up on Facebook. I'd encourage you to go check it out and just kind of see like where has God been present? What's God been up to here in our church over this past year? And and that leads us to today, January thirtieth, twenty twenty two. Like you you've heard me say this many times throughout this series, but but all the faithful saints that have come before us have led. To where we are today. Like, we, we're here today because all, all of the people throughout history over the last 2,000 years have passed on the good news of Jesus to the next generation, and that generation has passed it on. And now, we hold it. We hold it here. And in, in, in some ways, it reminds me of, uh, of like, track and field and, and a relay a relay race in, in track and field where, where Uh, you know teammates are are running a race together they each have a different leg of the race and they pass a baton on to the next person in the race in fact I want to show you um, this is uh, the uh, uh, race the Jamaican four by 100 broke the world record and I just want to kind of give you an example of what it looks like to pass the baton if you can go ahead and play that video please should be sound with it too but you'll see the, running with the baton passing it off to the next one in line these guys are going to run I'm just going to give a spoiler alert they broke the world record and ran an entire length of the track in 36 seconds <laughs> I mean that's insane. <laughs> I mean that, that's just crazy. And and in, in each one of each one of the runners, they they ran their leg of the race where they were had the baton and they had they had to pass it on to the next one who was going to complete their leg of the race and then they were going to go and pass it on to the next one. And and that's how it's supposed to work that we we pass the baton on to the next one in line. But sometimes it doesn't always go that well. And I want to show you another video. This is of some some Chinese runners, that they kind of fumbled that handoff a little bit. If you can go ahead and show that video for me. They missed the handoff. I felt terrible for watching. (laughs) Yeah, they they just kept fumbling the, the handoff time. And, and, and time again, and, and just imagine how like, difficult, how embarrassing that had to have been, because that handoff made all the difference. If they fumbled the handoff, if, if they weren't able to, to truly pass on that, that baton to the next person in line, they weren't going to be able to finish that race well. And, and so all the generations that have come before us, they have passed that baton to the next generation, and now that baton is in our hands. That baton has been given to us, the good news of the story of Jesus, that, that showing and demonstrating demonstrating and reflecting Jesus to a world that desperately needs it. We're holding that baton right now. And, and if you're taking notes and, and following along in, in the app, I want you to write this down, that we have a responsibility to pass on our faith to the next generation. It's, it's, not, it's not a, oh, well, you know, maybe if they feel like it. No, it, it is a responsibility. We have been charged with doing this, of passing our faith on to the next generation. And, and, and as you've heard me say, all right, what are we going to do with it? We've, we've been handed this baton. What are we going to do with it now to be able to pass it on, to demonstrate Jesus and share his kingdom with those around us? Each, and, and, and each of those things of, of passing the baton Demonstrating Jesus, sharing his kingdom requires intentionality. It's not something that just happens on its own. It doesn't take place by osmosis. It's something that has to be planned for. It's something that has to that we have to be highly intentional ab- about doing. There, there's a scary passage in, in the book of in the book of Judges that, that references this intentionality that we're that we're talking about today. And and, and most of you probably know the story that Moses had led. The, the Israelite people out of, out of Egypt, and, and, they, and many, many uh, miracles happened that Moses and, and the people got to see and got to experience, you know, from, from the plagues that were visited upon Egypt to the, the parting of the Red Sea, being led by a pillar of cloud during the day and by a, a pillar of fire at night, being, being fed by manna. And, and, and when Moses died, the baton was passed on to Joshua. He was one of the 12 spies that entered the Promised Land. And, 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 was, and, uh, and, and was kind of scoping out and seeing, all right, what, what's going on here? And, and as Joshua led the people in conquest of the promised land that, that God had called them them to, just as in Moses' life, he and the people saw and they experienced the miraculous, that God showed up and, and was with them in truly some amazing ways. The, the pardon of the Jordan River, we talked about that a few a few weeks ago, helping them win battles that they were unprepared, woefully unprepared and outnumbered for. To, to times where, like, literally there was a time where the sun stood still. Like, the, the, the people saw and experienced miraculous events where God showed up on behalf of his people. And, and eventually Joshua too died and he passed away. And that's where we come to this, this passage I was referencing in Judges chapter 2, verse 10. It says, after that, that's talking about after, after Joshua passed away, after that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up, who knew neither the either excuse me, who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done in Israel. And, and that's a pretty frightening statement, if you ask me. Because, because Joshua and his generation, after they had passed away, they clearly didn't do a very good job of passing the baton on to the next generation. They, they clearly were not sharing the stories, sharing about what God has done, that the generation arose up after them that didn't know the Lord and didn't know the, the incredible things that God had done in, in through them. And, and thankfully, you know, as we've seen, as we've talked about in this series, I, I'm so grateful that God works in spite of our failings, that, that even in our, even in the times where, where we've messed it up, where maybe we've fumbled that baton like the, the Chinese runners did in, in, that, in that clip, that it hasn't stopped what God was wanting to do. God is still going to advance in spite of you and in spite of me. And, and, but, but man, like, let that never be said of us. That The next generation, those that God has called us to influence and God, those that God has called us to, to make an impact on, that they knew neither the Lord nor the incredible things that he had done for them that we would be a church that, that values that next generation, that sees the potential in those who aren't here yet and, and sees potential in those that are coming up behind us. Like, it, it is our job to pass on. It's our responsibility to pass that baton on sharing the story of God, sharing the kingdom of God with others. And, and I'm not talking just about, like, verbally talking about it i'm'm not, I'm, not, I'm not talking just about us, you know, trying to to verbally share our faith and convert everybody we we come across, although that that obviously is is a part of, of that. But Paul wrote that we ought to be ready in season and out to share the hope that that we have. to be ready to share with people right, why why what is different? what What is that hope that we possess in in these moments? And when we share, the store and we pass it down, not just through our, our words, but through our actions as well, through the way that we live, the way that we handle ourselves and the way we live our lives. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 1, he says, if you speak all the language of earth and of angels, but you didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans, and I possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains... But I did not love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Like Paul, Paul is saying, hey, the, you know, the, the, way, the way that we pass that baton, the way that we share our faith with the next generation, the way we share the good news and the story of God isn't just through our words. It's through the way that we love those around us. It's the way that we love and care for people, the way we minister to them. That we can, we can do all these things. We can, we can have incredible things going on. But if we aren't loving people, it amounts to nothing. And so in, in our story, in the story that God is, has called each of us to, and this is the, the next point if you're following along in our app, that God has walked with us through everything so far. And again, this is a, a super basic statement. But it's something that, that's so true and, I, and something I want to remind us of. Today that God has walked with us through everything so far. There, there's a passage in, in Isaiah that, that is something that I've, I've read and I've pondered and I've, I've meditated on over the last couple of months. And, and in this passage, God is speaking through Isaiah to the Hebrew people. And, and several things that God is saying is something that I believe He wants us to hear today, us here at Livingstones to hear as well. And so in Isaiah chapter 43, starting in verse 1, Isaiah says, But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel. God says, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. As we stayed before, God has been present, He's been active and alive even when things don't go the way that we might want them to go. That, that's kind of what Isaiah is, is, is drawing that picture of right here. That we, you know, when, when you come to the river, it's not going to wash over to you. It's not going to sweep you away. When, when, the, when the fires come, you're not going to be set ablaze. And not only is God reminding them of that, of, of just like what that he's been with them, he reminds them of who he is you know, where, where he says, you know, he, he reminds them of who he is, but he also reminds them of who they are. And, and that, that, that's a whole different sermon in, right there in and of itself. But he's telling them, I redeemed you. I summoned you. He said, you are mine. You're mine. I, I, you, you belong to me. And when we can truly, like, grasp and understand who God is and who God says that we are, there's such freedom in that. And then in this chapter, he's reminded them of that, yeah, you know, there's going to be times where things go horribly wrong, where things don't go well, and, and there's no way to avoid that. But even in those moments, God's saying, you're not going to be alone. You're not going to be alone in the middle of, of those times. And, and in the same way that, that any of us that are, that are parents in the room here, like we would walk through extremely difficult times with our kids. Like we might not be able to stop all the, the difficult things that happen to our kids, We might not be able to protect them from from those, those waters that want to sweep them away and the fires that are going to come. But what we can do is we can walk alongside with them. We can be there for them. We can be that support to help and hold them up in the middle of those moments. And that's what God is saying that he does for us. He's reminding them of, hey, through all of it, I'm right there. I've, I've not left you, and, and I never will. And, and we, can, we can't, you know, like I, like I mentioned, we might not be able to take the pain away, but we can be present. We can be present in the middle of it. And, and, and so, like God, God is saying, you know, there have been many ups and downs here in the history of Livingstone's Church. There's been ups and downs since Livingstone started in 2006. There's been ups and downs since I began here in 2019. And there's going to continue to be ups and downs as we move forward together as, as a church family, as we move together as a church body. But God's saying, no, no, I'm going to be there with you every, every step of the way. God's saying, I'm going to walk through it with you, so don't bail, don't, don't give up, don't walk away, don't despair. The, the good news is that God doesn't stop. He's still, <laughs> through, through all the good, through all the bad, that God is still there. But, but not only does He say that, that He's going to walk through some of the struggles that we have as well, He continues in Isaiah 43, and I want you to to write this down, that God is not done with us yet. Not only has He walked with us in the past, but He's also not done with us yet either. That in Isaiah 43, He's going to continue this, that, that not only is He reminding them again of who He is and who they are, that He's been with them, but that He's going to continue to be with them in the future too. In Isaiah 43, chapter, or starting in verse 16, says, this is what the Lord says, he who made a way through the sea, again, telling us who God is again. He's reminding us of God's incredible power and faithfulness. He who made a, a way through the sea, made a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. He, he's saying, all right, remember who I am. I'm the God that has done that. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals, the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself so that they might proclaim my praise. Now, there's a lot in that. There's a lot in that passage that Isaiah is talking about here, but there's several things that I think are so profound that if we're not careful, we'll pass over, and we're not going to fully grasp that. And quite frankly, it's something that I think would be really good for each of us to hold on to. One of the first things he says in that passage is he says, stop dwelling on the past, all right? So we might look back and we say, oh, things aren't exactly, you know, like what I wanted them to be. Things haven't turned out exactly as, as I wanted. And, and God was saying, stop dwelling on the past. Like, you know, can we go back and can we fix all the things that happened before that, that maybe shouldn't have happened, those things that regret, that we regret, those things that, you know, that, that have hurt us and, and wounded us? Can, can we go back and change those times that we've been wronged? No, we, we can't. Can we go back and fix the times that were we've wronged others? We can't fix that. And God says, stop dwelling on the past. Why? Because he says, I'm about to do a new thing. I have something I have something new in store for you. And so I, 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 can't, have you, I can't have you looking backward because I have something right here in front of you that I want you to see, that I want you to participate in. And you're going to miss it if you're constantly looking over your shoulder, if you're constantly looking in the rearview mirror and regretting what took place before. He says, do you not... Perceive it like I'm about to do this new thing. Do you not perceive it? And, and perceive means like, are you not aware of it? Like, can 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 you see? Can you sense? Can can you can you experience? Can you feel what's about to take place? To be able to take you know your your eyes off, take my eyes off of me the way that that I want things to go. The you know the 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 way that the past used to be, and, and saying. God's saying, hey, pay attention, because I'm about to do something new. Don't you perceive it? Can you perceive what's going to happen? He goes on to say that he's making a way in the wilderness, that he's sending water, he's sending streams into the wasteland, like where where things look hopeless, where things are dry, nothing is growing, nothing seems to be going right, nothing is happening in the wasteland, in, in those desert places. God says, I'm about to send streams of water. I'm about to make a way in that wilderness. Like, think of the context that the Hebrew audience would have heard this passage. When, when they hear that word wilderness, they're, automatically what's going to come to mind is the 40 years that the Israelites wandered around in the wilderness. That, that for 40 years, before they entered the promised land, they just were roaming. It seemed, seemingly aimlessly. They weren't going anywhere. It seemed to be a, a complete waste of toil and hardship and, and living in the desert where, where it seemed like there was so little fruit going on. Like that, that's what would come to mind. And God's saying, all right, in the middle of that wilderness, in the middle of that wasteland, I'm about to send streams of water. I'm about to send streams of water and, and I'm going to make a way. And if you, if you wouldn't mind putting up that last verse that, that we just shared there, where it says, to give drink to my people my chosen, the people that I formed for myself, that I may, or excuse me, that they may proclaim my praise. God God is saying, I'm providing this refreshment to my people. Why? So that his people might proclaim their praise, so that they can announce, declare, so they can pass on what it is that God has done. To proclaim his his praise. I love this passage. And this is what I've been praying for us as a church, as a church family, for us as a church body, has been that, that God's gonna make a way in the wilderness, that he's gonna provide streams in the wasteland, that we might, as a church body, be able to proclaim his praise to those around us. To pass that baton on. And and so so what is our part? Like what is our part in in what it is that God wants to do? Right now, you know, when when God is saying, "All right, I, I'm about to do a new thing. Can can you perceive it? Can you can you can you see? Can you sense what it is?" And and so, what's our part? And and so, as as a leadership team, as our as our elders and our staff, things that we've something we've talked about as as a, as a group that that we really feel like God is asking us to do right now. And this is the the final point I want to share today is our job is to pray, to listen, and obey, to pray, listen, and obey. What, what God is saying is, do you not perceive it? Can, can you see, can you sense what it is that I'm about to do? And, and, and in that moment, we can, do, we can do that through three steps. We, we can start to perceive what it is that God wants to do here right now in and through us by praying, by listening, and ultimately by Obeying. So as as a church, we, we believe that, that God's called us to enter into a, a season of, of praying, listening, and obeying. Praying, listening, and obeying. God, what is it that you want for us right now today? Not not what not God what you wanted five years ago or ten years ago or, or twenty years ago. But what is it you want for Livingstone's church right now? right now in this, in this moment? What, what's this next step that you want us to take in this new chapter that, that you are writing here at Livingstones Church? Like, if we want to perceive what God wants to do, we need to, we need to put ourselves in a posture of, of praying, of asking, of listening. That's what the early church did, and, and God directed them. In Acts chapter 13, verse 2, it says, when they were worshiping, the Lord, and when they were fasting, the, the early church, when they were they came together, they were worshiping, they were fasting, the Holy Spirit said to them, Set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work of which I have called to them. Or for the work, excuse me, for the work to which I have called them. And so after they fasted and after they prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Like they were they were seeking God together as, as a group. They were praying, and in the middle of their prayer, in the middle of their, their time together, praying and worshiping and fasting together, God spoke and said, hey, this is, this is what I want you to do. I want you to set aside Paul and Barnabas, because I have something very special for them to do. That they were going to be the ones to bring the good news to the Gentile world. While, while Paul and, and, and the other apostles were spreading the, the news of Jesus to the Jewish world, God was about to kick off the greatest church planting movement ever with with Paul and Barnabas, that they were going to travel around the Gentile world and plant churches amongst people that had never heard the name of Jesus before. They were praying. They were asking. They were listening. And then in verse 3, they obeyed. God was leading them, saying, I want Paul and Barnabas, and they, they laid hands on him and sent him off. They prayed. They listened. They asked. And then they obeyed. They followed through. I'm going to share more about this with us next week, but but we believe that God is asking us as a church body to enter a season of praying, asking, and listening. God, what is it you want to do next in and through Livingstone's church? What What is it you want to do here? What does this next chapter for our church look like? What do you want to do in us moving forward? I have, I have one... Verse I want to share with you. It's from Psalm 34, starting in verse 8 through 10. And the psalmist writes, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people. For those who fear him lack nothing. The lion may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord, that's what God is asking us to do. Those who seek the Lord will lack no good thing. That we're going to lack no good thing. And so let me let me say this. When I when I'm talking about a, a taking a season of of praying and asking and listening, it, this is not about changing the DNA of who we are as a church, not at all. That that's not what I mean at all. We we are a neighborhood church that God has planted here on the south side to reach and to share the kingdom of God with our neighbors right here in our community. That that's not going to change. That that's who we are. But what I want us to seek God about is, is how. How? What, what does it look like for us to live that out? What, what, what does that mean for us to, to reach and to share the kingdom of God right here, right now, today? What is that new thing, God, that you want to do here at Livingstones Church? That we, we, want to, we want to perceive it, we want to see it. And we want to partner, God, with you and what it is that you want to do. Seeking him for, for his direction for us as a church. Not changing who we are but how do we do it and so like i said not not changing not changing the dna about who we are as a church and definitely not changing what we believe as a church that we still believe in in one god manifested in in three persons father son and holy spirit we believe in salvation through jesus alone that there's no other name under heaven by which we can be saved that's not going to change we believe in the resurrection we believe that jesus is coming back like our statement of faith like what we believe, who we are and what we believe as a church stays the same. But how we live that out, what that looks like, that's what we're asking God for. What do you have for us right now? That, that, that when we live out, and, you know, what it means to be faithful ambassadors to Jesus here on the south side. What does it look like for us today to bring Jesus right here? in our neighborhood, in our community, to be able to pass the baton on to the next generation of believers. We've been handed this baton, this sacred trust, and we want to share that. We want to pass it on to those that are coming up behind us, those that maybe aren't here yet. I have to tell you, church, I'm really excited about this, about entering into this season of praying and asking God, what is your plan? What is your direction for us here and so i want to i want to close with one final thought here this morning and it, in in first corinthians 12 the apostle paul talks about how we are one body made up of many different parts he's talking about the the church body there were one body made up of of all different parts and in each one of us we have a we we are a different part of that body we each have a different role to play some people are musicians they're going to come help lead worship some are going to help out, you know, serving kids. Some are just going to be encouragers. Some are going to help serve coffee, you know. Like we all have different roles, different parts to play, but we are one body that functions together. And and if one of us, if one of those parts of the body isn't functioning well, it affects all the other parts. And we we've heard this we've heard this phrase many times during this whole COVID pandemic. Is hey, we're all in this together. Like we, I mean, how many times have we heard some variation of that phrasing over the last? two years. And I want to say, like, as a church family, that's really true, not just for the pandemic. We're all in this together. As a church body, as a church family, we all have ownership in this church body. And Paul goes on to say that no part of the body is more important than any other. And so what I'm doing, and I'm going to share more with you about this next, next week, but what I'm asking all of us, as a church body, each one of us playing a different part, is that we would come together into this season of praying and asking and listening, seeking God. As Paul said, or excuse me, as the psalmist said, that if we're seeking God, we're going to lack no good thing whatsoever. I'm excited about what God has in store. I'm excited about this next chapter of what God wants to do in and through Livingstone's Church. And for us to come together as a family and seek him together. It's going to be a great ride. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So if you would, would you, would you just stand up and, and bow your heads? Let me, let me pray for us right now. Lord, we are so incredibly grateful for you, God, for your plan, your, your direction, for what it is that you have for our church, Lord, that we are not here by mistake, we're not here by accident, Lord, that you have put together this body, Lord. And every one of us, we have a different part to play, but we come together as one, that there is unity here amongst our, our Livingstone's church family Lord and the God that you have called us to help pass that baton on to the next generation Lord. that we take that we take that extremely seriously uh, of, of not just not just verbally, but living that out, loving people well, to share you and share your kingdom with those around us, Lord. That, that's what you've called. That's what you've asked us to do. And God, we want to do it well. We want to do it faithfully. We don't want to run out ahead. We don't want to fumble that, that hand off. God, we want it to be a smooth thing. And so God, we, we ask for you to speak. And we're here to listen. God, as we seek you as a, as a church body, as we, as we seek you as a church family, as, as we take time to, to quiet ourselves, quiet out this, this world, and to hear from you, God, we're asking for you to speak. And our our ears are going to be open. And just as Paul and Barnabas and the the early apostles did, when you you called them to move, God, they obeyed. And God, that's what what we want to do. Lord, we want to partner with you. We don't don't want to ask you to bless our plans. God, we want to partner with you in what your plans are. So God, move in our church. We love you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's worship one last time.